Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 210 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for showing us more of you and your almighty power in your word. Help us receive your message of strength today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Mark chapter 4 has for us today. Jesus tells a number of parables in this chapter. The first parable is about the sower sowing seeds. I always pay attention to Jesus' explanation of this parable and try to measure my heart against his words. For example, in verse 17, he explains that when God's word has no real root in a person's heart, trouble arises, then they are offended and resentful and fall away from God. In verse 18, he explains that God's word is strangled by the cares, anxieties, distractions, and cravings of the world. So we can check our hearts against Jesus' words and make sure our hearts are the seed sown in good soil that produces the fruit God intends for us. Verse 24 is always a verse that stands out to me, and I need to read it often. It's definitely one of those verses that reassures me my desire to stay in the four Gospels continually is well-founded. It says, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides, will be given to you who hear. We have to be careful what we listen to, what we watch on TV, and ingest through social media. We also have to be careful who we hang out with and the conversations we engage in. Lastly, we have to guard our thoughts, our words, and our spirit. May we ask God to lead us in these areas. Well, let's see what Paul is teaching in Romans chapter 11. Paul writes some amazing truths in this chapter about the Israelites and the Gentiles. We get a glimpse into the workings of our Almighty God and Father. Some Christians may look down upon the Israelite nation because they wouldn't accept Christ. However, if they didn't, then God's word may have not ever reached the Gentiles, and that means you and me. However, God's plan was, and still is, that all people turn to him, and they will. Paul quotes Isaiah in verses 26 and 27, which say, And so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the Deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant, my agreement with them, when I shall take away their sins. God will take away their sins and ours, as he does through his son, Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to say that at the moment Israel is turned away, but that it is to the benefit of the Gentiles, so we have an opportunity to be grafted into God's own people. His people will always be his because God is a faithful God and he doesn't go against his word. Further, Paul says that we Gentiles were once disobedient to God as a people, and yes, he has called us to himself. In fact, in verse 32, Paul says, For God has consigned, penned up all men to disobedience, only that he may have mercy on them all alike. Yes, God is merciful. We can praise him and thank him for choosing us to know him and worship him. We can praise him and thank him that we are considered deserving of salvation through his son. Verse 36 sums it all up. For from him and through him and to him are all things. For all things originate with him and come from him. All things live through him and all things center in and tend to consummate and to end in him. To him be glory forever. Amen. Let us worship God today and every day. We start a new book in the Old Testament today, the book of Esther. This book is interesting because there is no mention of God in the entire book. However, we see God working as he raised Esther to prominence and saved his people. This story takes place in Persia well after the Jewish people had been scattered throughout the region due to their exile in Babylon. 
In the first chapter, we read about King Ahasuerus, who ruled over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. His kingdom was very large and extremely wealthy. The king gave a huge feast that lasted six months. Then he gave an extravagant week-long banquet. There was an abundance of wine served at this banquet, and on the seventh day, the king was so full of wine that he desired to show off his beautiful wife. Well, she was giving a banquet of her own for all the women. We don't know exactly what they were doing or talking about, but she refused the king's invitation to come to him. This starts our story of how a common woman named Esther becomes the new queen. The king was quite upset that Queen Vashti refused his invitation. This simply wasn't done. He conferred with his advisors, who put fuel to the already burning fire in the king's heart. They conjectured that all the women in the kingdom would take the queen's lead and become disrespectful to their husbands. The king needed to nip this in the bud, according to his advisors, so he dismissed the queen from her position, and the hunt began for another one. In the meantime, letters were sent to all the provinces stating that every man should rule in his own house. In chapter 2, we read the king continued to think about how wrong Queen Vashti was in her refusal to go to him. Probably more to appease him than anything, his servants suggested that all the beautiful young virgins be purified and brought to him so the king could choose another queen. He was appeased. And so it began. A Jewish man named Mordecai heard about the decree, and his niece Esther was one of the young women chosen to be seen by the king. She never divulged her ethnicity, or she may have been cast out. There were six months of treatments for women, and then six more months of treatment before they could see the king. It was a long process, but after all this had been done, Esther was brought before the king. He favored her above all other women and was crowned queen. We certainly see God working here in this circumstance. Then her uncle Mordecai overheard a plot to kill the king, which he divulged to Esther. She advised the king about this plot and saved his life. This seems like an act that would seal the deal for the king's allegiance to his new queen. We will see what happens in our story tomorrow. Well, let's see what Psalm 29 has to share with us today. Psalm 29 is a tribute to the power of God. Verse 2 says, Give to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness or in holy array. And then the rest of the psalm tells of the might and power of God. Let us praise him for his power, might, and glory today. The last verse says the Lord will give unyielding and impenetrable strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. We are strengthened and encouraged as we read that God will give us unyielding and impenetrable strength to us. May we receive his strength and courage to do his work. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that shows us just how powerful and almighty you are. May your strength penetrate our fears and anxieties. We surrender our hearts to you and ask that you strengthen us in every way. Help us be obedient to you in all ways and seek you with fervor. Keep our eyes on you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.